It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we are helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard. I am one of the certified financial planners on the show. I'm also your host. Thanks for being with us. Kevin is still out today across from me in the KFG studio, certified financial planner and my friend, Josh Gregory. It's just the two of us. That's right. Mike, Feels- you look tired, buddy. Hey, I... <laughs> How's diaper duty going for you these days? Ah. Uh, you a little you know, rusty? No, it's been, you know, it's it's been worse, but we're hanging in there. <laughs> hanging in there. <laughs> you know, after you've been doing diapers for a while, you can eventually do them in your sleep. Right. Right? Yeah. But if I had a four-year vacation from doing diapers, I don't know how you'd be able to pick that back up you so know quickly. when when the nurse was like hey he needs changed i just it just came right back really yeah i did like even, riding a bicycle I, I didn't even look to cindy to with this panic i just did it just easy that's awesome so. well we're not actually here to talk about diapers today but we're talking about having kids mm-hmm. which is uh fresh uh hot off the presses here recently in the bernard household but uh having kids changes everything doesn't it especially financially Yep. And uh, and the question of how do you know when you're ready is one that often new uh, new married couples they're they're asking this question. We're going to help you answer that today on Wise Money. That's right. Uh, if you have any financial questions, not about uh, raising kids or any of that, we don't want to take any of those questions. If you have any financial questions, this is your place. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us in a couple different ways. As always, call or text five seven four. 222-2000. If you have any questions, any issues, need any help, 574-222-2000. We would love to connect with you. You can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit a question right there on the right, as well as all the previous episodes. The full bank is right there in the middle of that page. Lastly, social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, just search Wise Money Radio. We've got the YouTube channel where every episode's right there. You can watch it beginning to end commercial free, if you will. So check us out that way. So yeah, uh, our life has been turned upside down. Cindy and I, after a four, almost five year break, decided, eh, let's spice up our lives. <laughs> and I shared this with you guys a little bit back in 2017, but baby Easton is here. Easton Paul Bernard. Yeah, I grew up a hockey player. Easton is a is a big baseball brand. It's also they're the first ones. So they moved the hockey stick from a wooden stick to an aluminum stick, huh. and it's now it's changed the game yeah. completely. And so yeah, but we saw the name Easton. We said we like that, and I'm like, oh, the hockey company. So anyway, but he came a couple months ago, uh, February seventh, and has changed our world ever since. And it's been exciting, and there's been sleepless nights and. Yeah, so I am tired, but it's it's fun and, and it's going well. So let me ask you, Josh, when you and Andrew decided to start having kids, which I remember that time, um, mm-hmm. did you guys talk about finances and were you trying to be ready financially before you started having kids? I think so. I 
it, it drove our family crazy. We were very intentional about the years that we had between getting married and starting kids. We had our, I think we've even talked about on the show, our top 50 things we wanted to do before kids. Mm-hmm. We got through number 30, I think. Wow. Um, well, but I threatened all the time uh, to the, the future grandmothers, especially that, hey, we're going to take all the time that we need to get through 50, and they weren't having anything to do with it. But That's some right. of them were financial-related uh-huh. uh, goals, and, and we made the most of it. So no regrets, that's for sure. So I'm surprised to hear you say that, but not too surprised because you're financially wired like like me. I would argue that you might not ever be fully ready financially to have kids. But there are ways to be more ready and ways to be less ready. Something you might not have known about our own Josh Gregory here and even Kevin Corhorn is that uh, they've run marathons in the past. <laughs> so yeah. let me ask you, Josh. That was it, a lot of is, pounds ago. Is it possible to ever be ready to run a marathon? Yes. Yeah. It, it really is. So it's it's funny because Josh and I had to go to a conference right after one of his, maybe his last marathon, and it was just awful. You know, you've battled injuries and all sorts of stuff. But my, my thinking with this is very similar to financially getting ready to have a baby is you've got to do all sorts of training to get ready for a marathon, but then you still have to run 26.2 miles. That's right. And so... And you could have an injury, you could have an illness, the weather could be awful that day or whatever, where you might not be fully, 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 fully ready. Mm-hmm. But there are ways to be more ready and ways to be less ready. You know, in fact, talking about that marathon, I think that was the most ready for any of the marathons I ran, mm-hmm. but it was my worst. And it was because I got sick the day before and we got into Chicago at, you know, one in the morning or something. And, you know, all these reasons, I was depleted, and I ended up injuring myself during that, that run, and probably I've never really been the same since. Right. But I was ready and should have, you know, had my best run, but you never know what, what life's going to throw at you. And that's the same when you're making a transition from one stage of life to the other, right? That's exactly You can make right. all the right decisions, but life throws you a curveball, and it doesn't end up working out real well for you. But how much worse would it have been if you hadn't been ready? Right? Totally. And you know, I uh, many of you know that I I teach a class uh, in partnership with Bethel College on retirement, and taught it just a couple months ago. Asked the class this question. I, I shared with them the statistic that many people end up retiring two to three years earlier than they ever intended. And I asked them, well, why would that be so bad? What would what would be so significant about that? What what kind of change would that bring in in someone's life? And I asked them to just start throwing out answers, and and they got it. Um, you know, they we said that it's two to three less years of saving up for retirement, two to three less years of letting your investments grow. It means your retirement is potentially two to three years longer, so you're living on that money. Social security be, should be smaller. All of those reasons why two to three years can make a big difference for retirement. And I think the same is true going from being a married couple to now having kids. Even two to three years could make a huge difference, but a lot of people never stop and ask themselves, well, getting a little bit more ready, mm-hmm. what would that do for us? Mm-hmm. Giving it two or three more years, and it might be things like, did you get your student loans paid off before you started having kids? That makes a difference in your cash flow mm-hmm. after they're here. Did you get an emergency fund built up? 
that makes a difference when you got to take them to the ER in the middle of the night sometime. Which you will have to do. Every you kid. You will. <laughs> well, no, it only happens to one of my kids. <laughs> it's the middle child. It's always oh. the middle child, right? Mm. Yeah. So I, he, I, he actually has a running total, by the way, of how much we've spent on emergency. So uh, somehow he's figured this out, and it's like he's taking pride in being our most expensive child. Well, but if he's going to do that research, you owe him that bill once I he suppose. becomes an adult. That's right. I'm so glad you're bringing this up because these years are are critically important if you're applying wisdom. And that's why this is the Wise Money Show. We're, we're, how do you get proactive and apply wisdom to your financial life to be as prepared as possible? When I think about this big life change, this life transition, it to me, it comes in three stages. The, one, the first is, all right, you've decided you want to start having, or you want to start a family. Mm-hmm. You're not pregnant yet. The baby's not here yet, but you've decided we want to have kids. What do you need to start doing at that point to be as ready as possible? Yeah. Um, one of the very first things that would come to my mind is start building your budget differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids, not just the trips to the ER, not just the diapers we were talking about earlier, but kids just bring new expenses, new patterns in life. Maybe daycare is going to be an expense. Maybe there's a change in income that's coming. As soon as you know that this is a major goal or that you know you're, you're pregnant even, Start living life on that new budget so you can prove to yourself that it will work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means setting aside some dollars that you're eventually going to be spending on childcare, getting used to it now. By setting it aside now, proactively before you actually have to give it to the, the daycare center or whatever, you're building up some resources as well. Mm-hmm. It could be a, an opportunity for you in those uh, last few months to actually. Uh, build up a full emergency fund, which is really important when it's not just two spouses that are relying on those resources. Yeah. Casey Hendrickson, you guys know he is awesome. And you need to check out his show Monday through Fridays on 95.3 from three to six. But we were talking before the show about this. I asked him this question. He's, he's a dad. Hey, can you ever be financially ready? And immediately he said, no, in, in a way only Casey can. But he said, you know, what's interesting though, is you realize how much money it costs, but that you can usually make adjustments and swing it. And what Josh is talking about is, well, why don't you just intentionally make that adjustment before the kid is here and find those dollars that you were going to somehow make available for diapers and daycare and all that stuff anyway. Intentionally find those dollars ahead of time and help them prepare you financially for what's ahead. I've got a few really, really important things. As soon as you decide, hey, we want to start a family, you've got to attend to these few things Plus a lot more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Can you ever be financially ready to start a family, to have kids? That is the question on the table today. We are attacking it from a logical as well as a nerdy sort of way as we always seem to do here. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Across from me in the KFG studios, Joshua Gregory. Kevin Corhorn is out today. He should be back next week. want to say a special thank you to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, as well as to First State Bank for making the Wise Money Show possible. And, and lastly, I mean, you know, we're talking about something very practical, very logical. It applies to most people here. If you have questions about how do you get prepared 
or just what should you do about this, reach out to us. You can do so in a couple different ways. Call us, 574-222-2000. Whether you have a question just for the show or a question about your own personal situation, we'd love to hear from you, 574-222-2000. Find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. And lastly, social media, Facebook, Twitter, and the YouTube channel has every episode. Just search Wise Money Radio. All right, so you've decided, you and your spouse, okay, we want to start having kids what do you need to start doing financially? And Josh said, you need to start being in, intentional with your budget and you can find some dollars that in the future are going to go towards daycare and other things. Now you can have them go towards other needs. And I would I would tell you, here's one. One other need is, yeah, build up that emergency fund or pay off that student loan debt or the, you've got some sort of low-hanging fruit in your financial life because I know this stage of life. I've been there and I've seen it with clients. I've lived through it vicariously through them. You've got some sort of low-hanging kind of nagging fruit right there in your financial life. Build up that emergency fund, pay off that credit card, buy that car. There's something right there that you need to capture some dollars and go after because once you have that child, they're going to need some 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 of those resources. Exactly. And, and don't underestimate the power of paying off a loan that has $150 a month payment. Yeah. You might say, well, what's the point? Well, $150 can make all the difference when you've got kids, and that could all be grocery uh, money expansion there. So, so here, let me let me give you real world scenario. Don't make any value judgments. Don't don't judge me. I know you won't. So when when we this is one of the decisions you need to make. You need to figure out the car and the house decision. When Cindy and I first decided uh, to have a family, and she actually just got pregnant with Carrington. I thought, okay, you need a reliable vehicle. She had a, an Explorer, we called it an Exploder. It was, it was bad, <laughs> you know, rusty, all that sort of stuff. So it was like, you, you're going to be carrying our child. You need a better car. And so we were, we were prudent about it, what we got, but we had to get a loan on it. And so then, no, she, we bought that before she got pregnant. A few months later, she got pregnant, and I started building the budget. I'm like, oh, my goodness, we, we can't make this car payment. That, that payment needs to go towards... Um, towards daycare and we cut everything out of our lives to pay that car loan off mm. because we needed that money in the budget. That's good. So yeah, don't 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 overestimate or underestimate the just that small small car payment. Uh, one of the things that we did early on when we knew that we wanted to start uh, a family, we didn't know that we were had kids on the way yet. I always said that when we're calculating how much life insurance to have on each other, I wanted to base the assumptions on the idea that I could get hit by a bus and not even realize that I'm leaving a spouse behind who's pregnant, right? Never even got to meet my child, but I would want my wife and that child to be financially taken care of. Um, You know, parents uh, who who lose loved ones, they remarriages happen all the time, Mm -hmm. right? But I didn't want that to be like a financial requirement for things to work yeah. for Andrea. I didn't want her boxed into a financial corner where she just, for financial reasons, needed to to get remarried. Yeah. So we got enough life insurance based on the stage of life we were going to, not the one that we were in right now. Totally. That is totally, that one was on my list as well. And, you know, for you females listening, yeah, your body's going to change when you have the baby. And life insurance companies can account for that a little bit. But you want to prove you're as healthy as possible when you're applying for your insurance. And I would do that before 
you get pregnant. Yeah, once you get to a certain stage in the pregnancy, too, they won't even insure yeah. you. You have to wait until after the baby is born and then, I, I think, get through some of the postnatal yep. uh checks and everything before they'll they'll even consider you again. Yeah. So checking out life insurance, once you've decided we want to have kids, but we're not pregnant yet, having that analysis for what will my needs be, not what they are today. Yeah. All right. Let's fast forward. You guys decided you want to have kids and poof, you're pregnant. Now you've got eight months, call it. Once you find out, you know, that nine month, they, they trick you with that because, okay, so you got eight months. What do you need to do then? What's most important? Well, we took a vacation. <laughs> Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, we sure. started spending money like never before. Well, I wouldn't say oh, that, Josh, okay. but uh, but going and taking a vacation, <laughs> absolutely. Sure. No, we, we literally were still doing road trips at, I think, eight months pregnant because we were checking some items off of our list. There you go. Our uh, top 50 list. So now the, the, the financially prudent thing to do would be to look at things like your employee benefits. If one of your spouses, one of the two spouses is going to go from full-time to part-time or stop working altogether, you need to take inventory on what are the things other than the paycheck that will go away. Uh, could be some life insurance benefits that are lost or maybe they were carrying the health insurance and, and now you're gonna need to switch it over to the, the other spouse's employer. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is, you need to be conscious of your review of employee benefits. Yeah. So you glossed over what I feel is probably the most important, and that is you've got this- usually how I roll. Yeah. You've got this eight-month window to get ready for maternity leave. I don't know a lot of uh, employers these days that pay uh, someone to have maternity. and so likely you're going to have a gap in income. And if you've banked up vacation days or have some sort of policy where you get something, bless you. I mean, that, that's fantastic. But for most of you, it, it goes from, okay, this is really exciting. Life's going to change. This is awesome. And then all of a sudden you look and say, well, honey, you bring home two grand a month, staying home with the baby for three months. We need to save up $6,000. And, and that's a it's lot money. of money. Yeah. That is a lot of money. And you need to be very, very focused on that. Because if you don't, if you don't, guess what's going to happen? Yep, your spouse or you still need to take time off work. And yep, the baby's still going to have needs. You're still going to have expenses. And you're going to put that on credit cards or it's going to come out of an emergency fund. Having a baby should not be an emergency. I'd want you to be proactively thinking about, all right, we know the due date now. Let's start preparing ahead and saving up for that emergency fund. And then this one's kind of fun for me, this next one that's really right in line. If it's your first child, you're going to have a whole bunch of showers if, uh, if, you're, if you're lucky. But there's undoubtedly going to be some things that you'll need to purchase. And do it from secondhand. Go to Goodwill. Do all that fun stuff. But yeah, you gotta, you got to buy this stuff. We had to. Shoot, we had four years between kids. I gave all that stuff away to friends and people who need it. So thankfully, we, we were blessed with a shower or two, but we still had to make a lot of purchases. That stuff is not cheap. So we needed to save up in advance a, in order to make those, to buy those things. So Josh, anything else coming to mind once you find out you're pregnant? How do you become financially prepared? You know, this one might be debatable. It could happen after the baby is born or whatever, but 
at some point, your life is changing. Your estate plan needs to change as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the unique things about being a parent is that it's not just, uh, hey, if I pass away, everything's going to go to my spouse. It's what happens if both of you are gone? Who's going to take care of that child, mm-hmm. right? Who's going to manage the money on behalf of that child until they're old enough to receive it themselves? So you have to put some some more formal structure in place that maybe wasn't as necessary when it was just the two of you and life was simple. You hadn't really accumulated anything yet. And you didn't have this little life to account for, especially if they're going to outlive you uh, if you pass away while they're still a dependent. Yeah, I'm not going to, definitely not going to argue with you on that one. The last item that I had on my list on, you found out you're pregnant, you haven't yet had the child yet. What do you need to be doing? You need to make a really big decision about childcare. And that was kind of embedded in Josh's discussion about, you know, you need to budget and budget differently. But will one of you stay home with the child full-time or part-time? If not, will you be asking a family member to help care for the child? And lastly, if neither of those, will you be asking a professional, a home daycare or a, a company to help care for the child? All of those have huge financial ramifications, but they also have real life ramifications as well. So you're going to want to have this discussion, both the financial side of it as well as the personal side of it, before that baby comes. All right. What do you do as soon as that baby comes? The number one thing on my list is something to not do. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What process should you use when you're shopping for a mortgage? And I know the housing market is hot right now. And so whether you're refinancing your current house or whether you are looking at moving, what process do you go through to shop for a loan? We've got that great question coming up from Becky later on in the program. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios is Joshua Gregory. Thank you, Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with Remax 100 for making the Wise Money Show possible today. We've been talking about, well, the big life change in my, uh, in, in my household, and I know many of you as well. What do you do financially to make sure you thrive when you start having kids and start a family for the first time, or whether it's your third, fourth, fifth, sixth, oh, scary seventh child? How do you do that financially really well? We've got that a little bit more in questions coming up. If you have a question, reach out to us a few different ways. Call, text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Whether you have a question for the show or just need some help personally, we're happy to help. You can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. Lastly, social media, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, Wise Money Radio. Okay. So we went through the process here. You found or you decided we want to start a family. What do you need to start doing financially? All right. Second stage is you're pregnant. What do you need to be doing to get ready? And then now you've had the little bundle of joy. You're not sleeping much at all. You're changing lots of diapers. Financially, what do you need to make sure that you do? Well, and you said you would frame it as something you would not do. That's my number one. Is it? Yeah. Because I see this as a stumbling block for a lot of people in their finances where you have this child and you immediately say, all right, well, I, I guess I can't save into my 401k anymore. Uh, I see. I, yeah. I guess these long-term goals that were really important to me, they just can't fit anymore, so I'm scraping them off the plate. 
you know, the, the your biggest financial goals are the ones that require the most time. Think about it, paying off a mortgage. So having a house, owning a house, you think, well, I can get borrow money from the bank so I can buy a house tomorrow. Well, owning the house, paying it off takes a long time. Sending your child to college takes a long time. S- being able to retire someday, that's not an entitlement. You've got to earn that. It takes a long time. There are cr- this critical stage when you first have a child, if you haven't been preparing, you might say, well, I was paying extra on the mortgage because I can't do that anymore. I was saving up for this big goal long-term. Guess I can't do that anymore. No, resist the urge to just cut all of that stuff back. Build a budget so that you can continue to do those things that take a long time to save up for and that are very important to you. Yeah, so in other words, don't stop doing the good stuff that you started doing That's before. exactly right. Yeah, those are habits that you want to continue on for life. And those are also kind of a measure of the sustainability of your financial life. And some of the decisions that you make, it may be ideal to have one spouse drop down to part-time or not work at all. But if it doesn't work financially, then do you have the courage to make a hard decision? Um, That's up to you. That's a values decision though, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to stop having those values-based discussions with your spouse and figuring out what makes sense for you, but keep the right habits going for sure. We talked uh, in the last segment about uh, getting your estate plan up to date. If you haven't done that uh, before the child's born, make sure you get it done. We had kids for two years before we got our estate plan done. Yeah, that's uh, Confession time. Yeah, me too. And, and we know better, mm-hmm. right? We, we do this for a living, but sometimes life gets busy, and especially those first months or those first years of being a parent, uh, boy, life gets in the way. So the more of this stuff that you can get done before the child arrives, the better. Yeah. Um, the so. other thing that once once that little bundle of joy does arrive, one of the other things that you need to be doing financially, and Kevin has said this before on the show, which I think is just um, totally on point, you're never more financially motivated to save up for that child's education than when they're first born. Because you look at them, this little peanut, um, and you have these huge visions for their life and the life that they're going to lead. And part of that, a very important part, is how you raise them and how you educate them. And you want to provide for them. So so find a way. Start that 529 plan. Start that college savings plan. And 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 just start that discipline. Build that into your budget. One of my best friends in, in all of life uh, asked me um, when they started, to, when they found out they were having their second. He started uh, having, you know, saving up for his 529 plan when he had uh, his first child. And when they they got pregnant with their second, he said, oh my goodness, if you tell me I have to save double into the college <laughs> account, I'm going to kill you. And I'm like, dude, do you know, you know something that I don't know? Is there a two for one discount when it right. comes for, for to college? Yeah, you've got to save double now if that's the goal. So you're never more motivated than when that child is first born. So start that college savings plan. Yep, absolutely. So. I'd also be careful to not rack up too many commitments right before the child arrives. Maybe that's loan payments that are going to linger on after life changes and cash flow changes. Could even be something as simple as a commitment to a pet. Yeah. Right? You know, you're eager to kind of have that family thing going, and sometimes a puppy feels like it's practice for having kids. Well, when the child arrives, the, the risk is that the puppy becomes second-class citizen in the house, yeah. 
and sometimes maybe needs to go away, you've kind of made a commitment to to this other uh, life form, I guess. Be careful of the commitments that you make. There you have it. Josh Gary, you just became the least popular member of the Wise Money Show. <laughs> there was a race for that one, but... I'm trying to score points with my wife, actually. <laughs> the, I've been lobbying for a dog. So we've talked, we've talked about this before. Uh, we believe everyone needs a financial plan. We call it one plan, where you're tying all areas of your financial life together with a certified financial planner to help give direction and orchestrate how it all fits together in, in synergy. So while that's our belief, we've also seen in practice that usually it's a life event, a catalyst. There's something that happens where you finally say, yep, I need to take that step. For some of you, having your first child or having a child is that catalyst. If that's you and you need help tying all of this together, you need to reach out to your certified financial planner. Set up an appointment, make sure they're acting as a fiduciary and make sure that they're doing comprehensive planning, not just trying to sell you something or help you with just one area that they're doing full comprehensive financial planning. If you don't have one, uh, that can be us. Reach out to us if you have needs, but it doesn't need to be us. Find a competent certified financial planner. You can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com, or call or text 574-222-2000. All right, we're going to transition here to listener questions, where our first one comes from a fan of the show that follows online and follows on the podcast, uh, Christian from Kings Point, New York. Here's his question. I'm graduating from the United States Merchant Marine Academy, thank you very much, in the spring, and many of my classmates have been offered up to a $30,000 loan from a company that specializes in working with members of the armed forces. The interest rate is only 0.75%, and the payment is 500 bucks a month. My friends have been using this loan to buy cars or invest the money over the past year. Is this something I should be considering to help get myself started, my life started after I graduate? That's a great question, and congratulations on coming through the process, being close to graduation and everything. Um, I would be concerned about taking a loan when you don't even have income yet. That's interesting to me that some of these students have uh, started taking money and it sounds like investing it or buying cars, either one. Um, Boy, when when you're not even out working, it's almost like this company is trying to be the first in line to get a loan with you Mm -hmm. and establish a relationship. I I almost think of this as a marketing gimmick in a way. Mm -hmm. 0.75% is a fabulous rate. Is it fixed is one question I would have. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. How long is is the loan repayment? How how is the payment calculated? Are you allowed to just pay interest on this, or are you paying it off over a five year period of time? That kind of thing. Um, so it it also boils down to what are you going to use the money for? If you're tempted to go borrow thirty thousand dollars proactively and go dump it in the market because you saw your friends do that over the past year and they've made big money doing it, don't be deceived and believe that. The, the trends that have been happening in the market are going to continue for you necessarily. Mm-hmm. In fact, they're less likely to because the market's so strong. So uh, borrowing money and dumping it into the market just increases the risk. If you were going to borrow it and buy a car, I would ask you, are you buying a car because you need a car? Yep. And are you going to be tempted to go buy more car than you need? 
yeah. because the money's cheap. This is such a great question, Christian, and, and I appreciate all the detail. We've we've got a lot more to unpack with this question, as well as Becky's questions coming up about how do you shop for a new mortgage. So that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. It's so nice to have you with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard. Across from me in the KFG studios, Joshua Gregory. If you've missed anything, every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the website, wisemoneyradio.com. It's on podcast, iTunes, Google Play, and it's on the YouTube channel along with other content as well. On YouTube, just find us, Wise Money Radio. You can even like the content right there if you like any of the episodes, like what you're seeing, and even subscribe to it so you get all the content right there notified to you. Hey, come check it out. If you have any questions, either for the show, for us to hit like we're into right now, the question from Christian, or just have any needs, reach out to us. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's call or text 574-222-2000. We're still tackling Christian's question here. Christian from Kings Point, New York. Listens online on the podcast. And just to recap... He's graduating from the United States Merchant Marine Academy in the spring, and many of his classmates have been offered this loan for $30,000 from a company that specializes in working with members of the armed forces. I'm assuming it's USAA um, is is my guess there. Uh, The interest rate's very low, 0.75%. Payments are only 500 bucks a month. And he's had a lot of friends make this loan, borrow this money, and uh, use it to buy a car or get their life started or even invest. And he's wondering whether that's a prudent thing. I think there's really a foundational question here, Christian. And that is, what role is that going to play in your life? Um, so Josh Josh teaches in partnership with Bethel College uh, a, a class on retirement. And we've got a great relationship, both with Notre Dame and, and with, with Bethel. And occasionally, um, I'm asked to step in and, and talk to some of the undergrad uh, finance classes, and I was just in in one, um, and it's kind of a habit of doing this every spring for this one professor's class, and I love it. And and for the full hour, what I lecture on is, do you want to be a borrower, a lender, or an owner? You've got to make that decision, and it's not a, an exclusive decision. Where if you decide to be a borrower, you're a borrower for life. Or if you decide to be a lender, you're a lender for life. No, there are different spots in your life where you're going to be all of those or just one or something. You're going to go through seasons. But the question, or really the point is, if you decide to be a borrower and you're going to be a borrower for the rest of your life and that's just going to play a major role in your life, it's going to be hard to get ahead. Financially, it really is. Um, if you're going to be a lender... The only upside that you have in lending someone money is getting some sort of fixed interest back. That's the only upside you have. But it's the owners that have the most upside. And yeah, you've got some downside there too, but you've got the most upside is if you own 
some of Coca-Cola or some of McDonald's or some of the world's best enterprises. And so of the choice, I'd want you to be an owner. That has the most financial upside to you. Being stuck as a borrower actually has the least upside to you. I'm so glad that you're going here because uh, the, the question that Christian ends with, he's, he says, is this something, this loan that he's talking about, is this something I should consider to help get myself started in life after I graduate? No. And no, it's, it's not. Yeah. When you frame it that way, the question becomes way more clear, doesn't it? Yeah. You never want to get your start in life um, by digging a hole, right? As you said, getting into the habit of becoming an owner, of saving dollars into long-term investments that can grow for you, that is what is going to get you going in life. Maybe you also need to be squirreling away money as a lender, putting it in the bank, earning a little bit of interest so that you have an emergency fund in place. But the best way to break the habit of borrowing in your life is to just never start with it at all. That's right. Now, we're, we're not so naive to think that, well, you don't need a car and you don't need a place to live. No, if you've got needs, if you, if okay, I do not have a vehicle and I'm out on my own, I need to have a mode of transportation and you can go borrow money from the bank at 4% or you can borrow money from this uh, organization at 0.75. Well, obviously you should do that. Right. Get all the details about how the loan works like Josh asked, but if you've got to borrow, then you've got to evaluate this method of borrowing. But if you don't have to, don't do it just because, well, geez, that's a good interest rate and, you know, my friends are doing it. Don't don't be lured because of the interest rate. Yep. Yep. So, And especially if you're making it out of college without any kind of student loans and you're just really considering borrowing just because it's offered to you, um, don't let that temptation steer you in your financial life. You need to have an overall plan for your life that you have created and if this is a tool that will help you get further, it, if you have to borrow because you have to have transportation, you may as well borrow at the very best rates, and maybe this is it. Yep. But uh, we're going to stick with the lending theme here, and and uh, or borrowing theme, excuse me, and and answer the next question from Becky from South Bend. Here's what she asked: I'm shopping for a new mortgage, and I have a few questions for you. First, do you think it's necessary to look at several banks or can I just go with the bank that my friend recommended? Second, is a local bank better than going online like LendingTree or Quicken Loans? And then lastly, should I buy points to lower the interest rate? So let's hit all three of those. These are great questions. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the overarching question is, well, what should the process be of going out and getting a mortgage, either to refinance or to buy a house? Sometimes I will recommend that people get more than one quote, so to speak, on uh, a mortgage. On any given day, uh, banks change their rates. Uh, Some change weekly, some will change daily, some it's even uh, more sporadic. But the point is, if if you're going to get a quote from more than one bank, it needs to be on the same day. Otherwise, you don't know if you're truly comparing apples for apples. But the reason to look at more than one bank is, it's not just the interest rate that you're looking at, it's also the closing costs, how convenient is the process going to be, and what's it gonna be like after you have the mortgage? You might have this loan for 15, 20, 30 years, what's life gonna be like as you're repaying it? Mm -hmm. Um, Some are more convenient to work with than, than others. Yeah, so 
these used to be called, or I believe they still are called, good faith estimates. But you're going to want to get a quote unquote a quote um, from each of these banks and compare them. The thing that I think confuses people the most are prepaid items. They look like closing costs, but it's really just pre-funding your escrow. Mm-hmm. Kind of ignore that part of it. Yep. Because banks are just make when you're just shopping for a mortgage, they're just making an assumption about that. Um, so what I've seen people make some mistakes on are where the closing costs with one are actually higher, but the bank is shorting the um, the assumption for prepaid items yeah. compared to someone who is showing both. And you say, well, this one's going to cost less when it actually costs more. Yeah. So be aware of that. So to your point, though, your real estate taxes or your homeowner's insurance premiums, those are identical no matter who your mortgage is with. That's right. And as you said, the, the lender might just be guessing what they think it is. They present it to you as closing costs, but you want to know what is the money going to the bank in fees and costs to do this transaction. I got, and we got to hit these other couple questions that Becky asked, but the one other thing, I'm starting to see this more because the housing market has been so strong for a couple years, are these adjustable rate mortgages. Yeah. No, when you're shopping for a mortgage, you're going to want to look for a fixed a fixed rate. And I know some of you, I'm offending you uh, because you might be lured by that adjustable rate mortgage because of course your house is going to go up in value. We don't know that for sure. Okay. So local bank or online, Josh, what's your opinion? I've always used local banks because it's helpful to work with someone who can answer questions. It's easier to deliver documents to them sometimes. Um, It's when you have problems or questions that come up, are you just talking to a faceless voice on the other end of a line, or do you have a person that can go to bat for you or or, or help you through the process? I, I was literally, I've shared this story before, I've, I was literally watching the movie about the financial crisis, The Big Short, and a friend of mine texted me and said, I just saw a commercial that said, push button, get mortgage. Yeah. And history is repeating itself a little bit. I, I, I also like a local bank. Uh, I I like the one-to-one service there instead of just going online. But you've got to compare. Um, all right. Lastly, buy interest uh, or buy buy points or not. Uh, the answer is maybe. Basically, what buying points is is it's paying an upfront fee that's worth one percent of the the mortgage balance to get a lower interest rate. You don't know how much of a reduction or a discount on the rate is going to be until you get a quote from the bank. Over time, sometimes paying a point can get you a big break on the interest rate. Other times, it's real skinny. Uh, You you just have to check on it. Most people, it doesn't make sense, though. You've got to do the math, and you've got to be honest with yourself about how long you're going to stay in that house and how long you'll keep that mortgage, because you shouldn't buy a point if you're only going to be there a little bit. So that is all the time we have for today. If you have a question, reach out to us, wisemoneyradio.com, 574-222-2000. On behalf of Josh Gregory, myself, and all of us at KFG, we'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.